Yeah. He's always being neighborly. It's and it's kind of cool. You know the messed up part hmm. about him being neighborly and he actually helped out with the Nazis next door. Yeah. Um, I don't remember his name. That's, it's too late to ask now. <laughs> it's gonna be so awkward. And you know, like he he he'll skate occasionally, and. Okay. Okay. Here's what we're gonna do. Because yeah. I don't know him. I've never met him. So when I see him and you're gone, I'm going to go and introduce myself. All right. Or like, if we're together and it's like, hey, this is Christian, Christian. And you're yeah. like, hi, yeah, this is Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can feel, I can find out his name because it will be rude for me. But you can't yeah. admit at this point I mean, but that, that you don't know his name. I've done that so much in the past. Yeah. Where I talk to somebody and... I have talked a lot, talked to people a lot and never remember the names I've had. I've skated with people all day, you know, shared drinks with them out of the same bottle, all this crazy stuff and don't remember what their names are. I see people at shows all the time say, hey, I remember faces. I remember everything we did at a show. Like, oh, man, you remember we saw so and so, so and so. And we talked about this thing, but I won't remember the name. And and I try to even when I don't remember the names, I try to remember the activity and bring up the activity and let them know I remember you. <laughs> You're important. <laughs> I'm not a jerk. Not at all. So, hello everybody. I'm Noble. I'm Kristen. And this is Different World, Same Couch. <laughs> Welcome to episode one. We, we've we had a lot of adventures with episode one. Lots. <laughs> we recorded an entire episode. Are you going to talk about it? Okay, uh-huh. go ahead. Well, first we didn't record it. We just talked into microphones <laughs> with our ears on. <laughs> yeah. This is recording. I'm looking at everything. I hear we hear everything. Okay, so we're it's good. Being, it's being picked good. up at this time. Yeah, it's being picked up. But Yeah. And then we tried it again and we went and listened back to it and we were like, mm, no. Nah. <laughs> being the perfectionist that we are. So you wanna just get into it? Yeah, let's do it. So I just want to say, I mean, I said it, obviously I said it to you. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yes, it was my birthday this week. Lordy, Lordy, look who's 40. 40 and that's right. years old. And, you know, it's supposed to be taboo to say a woman's age and all this other crazy yeah, you stuff. you can say my age. All right. So 40. And, and even if you didn't say it, Facebook knows it. Because yeah. I've started getting some strange targeted ads and <laughs> weird suggested uh Articles that I read, a lot of uh, things you shouldn't do now that you're 40. <laughs> I like my targeted ads; they're hilarious. <laughs> my targeted ads are ridiculous. But I really haven't been on Facebook much. Not that I'm I'm not making the big announcement. Like I'm, a, you know, I just I've been busy with work, yeah. and I don't have time to sit with the social media. It's such a time suck. It's such a time suck. But I did notice, yeah, that I I, I logged on once and saw this ad, and it was like. Here's all the things you should stop doing now that you're 40. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, that kind of leads in. You're kind of leading yeah, into what we want to exactly. talk to. Or talk about, rather. Uh, just both is because I'm, I'm old, so I had a birthday in June. Yeah, yeah. 46. And uh, what we were talking about, we, we kind of just tossed around a lot of ideas and things of what, you know, we talk about what we're going to talk about. And... And I was going to talk about Mitch McConnell, which really ha- isn't on brand for this at all. <laughs> but I was just, you know, consumed with fire on the side of my face. That, that's, he's, he's your favorite, poli- one of your favorite politicians to hate. And I'll say one of them. 
right? Now he's my main politician to hate. All the other politicians that I hate are um, are lower down on the totem pole. Okay, so Turtle Dick Mitch is right <laughs> at the top. So what? And I I had just come across. I just well came up with this idea, thought, and it was going to be like we were going to just kind of have it as a you know politics the first half, and then you know personal stuff on the second half. Right. But this. This seemed like, I don't know, we started talking about this at the dining room table and it seemed kind of interesting. I mean, you agree, right? I, I mean, do. I do. But it's going to take up the whole time. That's fine. Because right. we, we almost talked, but well, let's just stop beating around. We were talking about life at 40. Did life at 40. Right. I mean, both of us did. And what we kind of want to talk about, it was like what we thought life would be like. Right. You know, when you were younger, you had this idea, thought like, Oh, you know, when I'm 40 or whatever, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be at this point in my life or whatever age you always thought as a kid. This is what 40 looks like. Yeah. And I mean, you know, those articles, obviously, they think they know what 40 looks like. Right. right? No more mini skirts. (laughs) Got to burn all those. So I just want to ask you a series of questions and just and it's just in three parts, kind of in three parts, but it will be the same questions. Um, All right. You know, hit me. So what did you think you would be doing when you were in high school? We'll, we won't go back as to far as like a little kid, but we'll just go to sure. high school. In high school, what did you think you would be doing as an adult? Okay. Um, so when I was in high school, I had varied interests. I, I loved art and I loved creating things, but I didn't think I was very good at it. So I really didn't see myself being good enough at the thing to have a career in it. Um, but I also really loved science. And I loved, uh, at the time, uh, that movie Outbreak had just come out. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. And there was a big like Ebola scare in Africa and stuff. And I was just like learning about diseases and biology. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to grow up and I want to be an epidemiologist. I'm going to go work for the CDC and study epidemics. And it just sounded like the most exciting thing ever. So that was, that was going to be the career. And what about family? I mean, did you, and this is, you know, we'll frame this like you had Gigi a little bit after high school. Right. Gigi came, came along early. So, but did you, what did you think about like in high school? Did you think about that? Were you framing everything in the form of like career and family? Did you see yourself being, I mean, did you picture yourself being a mother at that point or? You know, I, I assume that I would at some point just because it's like, those are the boxes that you're supposed to fill in. Right. Right. You know, you're supposed to, to check off these things. That means that you're a grown up. So at some point I assumed I was going to grow up and I guess I just decided my values would change as I grew. Maybe like, like that I would hit some wall of maturity and, that, and it would knock something loose in my head that would make me want the the house and the kids and the minivan see that that so there was no extra i mean and we talked about this if you want to go ahead and if you want to talk about a little of this stuff right what was it i mean like after high school what happened after high school to put you on a certain to put you on the path okay. that you are now so here's here's what happened after high school so um you know we kind of Experience. We we had similar experiences in the '90s, where uh, we grew up in Austin, and we were 
you know, just all consumed in, in you know, the, the Austin DIY music scene, you know, you were in a band, I was going to see your band, <laughs> you know, I think I, I counted one year, like I was trying to keep track of all of the shows that I had gone to in one year, and it was like two or three a week, every week, you know, like well over a hundred shows. Nice. Um, you know, and they weren't necessarily huge. House they were, shows. Yeah, they were just like tiny little house shows. Or Liberty, or, Liberty Lunch. Or, yeah, but that was that was all I wanted to do, really. Um, but right out of high school, I kind of, like that summer that after I graduated, I um, got into a little bit of trouble. And I'm not going to go totally into it, but... Man, that story was so good, though. <laughs> story was so good it's so bad like I feel stupid I guess maybe that's it like I feel stupid but um I got into some legal trouble a friend of mine at the time got arrested and they wanted me to testify against him and looking back on it now I realize like they were just blowing a bunch of hot air at me but at the time, I was really young and stupid, and I believed everything that they said. But and, the thing, and, and I guess I'm putting this out there, like your father was a lawyer. So yeah, my father was an attorney. A defense attorney, right? Yeah. It's, okay, But ahead. he wasn't concerned with, like, my friends and my social life and, you know. Right. The scene that I had been surrounding myself with, <laughs> you know, for the past few years. You know, they just wanted to make sure that I wasn't in trouble. Right. And the way that they were going to make sure I wasn't in trouble was like, you're going to testify against this guy and you're going to stay, you know, you're going to stay away from him. You're going to stay away from everybody that you were hanging out with. You're not going to do any of the things that you used to do. You're going to like, you're going to college now. You're going to start this totally new life okay. and drop everything that has been a part of you so up until now. Just drop it and move on. And, uh... I believed them. I believed that that's what I had to do. And looking back on it, I realized how stupid I was because I didn't, I didn't have to do any of that. It really was not as big a deal as they were making me believe it was. But I did it and I left behind this, you know, huge part of my life and um, got really depressed and really sad and really miserable. So, and that was a, that was the other question because I, I framed this this is in three parts. Okay. Uh, and there were four questions like family, career, right, hobbies, and the other part you answered it. What were you happy? Were oh, you happy? No, I was miserable. Because you were supposed. to... I had been happy up <laughs> until that point. I've been very happy. I had a blast. And yes, every time I saw you at a show, you were smiling and laughing and being silly. Every time, like I, there wasn't a time I didn't see you smiling and laughing at something somebody was saying. And we didn't even, and I would that would be just me seeing you in passing. It wasn't right. even because we weren't hanging out. Yeah, we weren't hanging out at all. You know, I would see you around like, oh, that's there's that one kid. And, and I was happy. <laughs> I was just happy to be there, happy to be out. So, um, man, this seems like short in a way because we went in deep into a few things, but we can still touch on a lot of this yeah. stuff. I mean, so, you know, we're, we're going to bring it, I guess, forward a little bit sure, and yeah. say where you are now, if you want to talk about it, because 
you know, like... Well, I mean, you, a lot happened between then and then, now. Yeah, and so, but um, the question, again, where you are now, is this what you expected? For, you know, and like, I'm, I'll be answering the same questions, no. but is this what you expected for yourself at this point? And I thought I was going to, you know, graduate high school and go to college and, and do the career thing and probably sometime after college, maybe I'd get married and have kids, you know? But I think most people kind of assume that they're going to spend their 20s. Like, the, the tw your 20s are supposed to be that age where you're discovering yourself and you're finding your, you know, figuring out who you are and what you like and, and you know, all of the, the different things that you're into apart from your parents, you know? You, you've separated yourself from them and then you start building yourself as a separate entity and that's what your 20s are for. But um, I ended up having a baby at 19 that was kind of part of that whole depressive episode that sounds bad it, it sounds bad. bad no it's not it just it was something that I allowed hap to happen when I was in the middle of it actually here's a funny thing um I was taking St. John's wort because it, it's like an herbal right. supplement and I had gone to see my grandpa and I was telling my grandpa how sad and depressed I was all the time. And he was like, oh, you should take St. John Mort's. It's supposed to help with depression. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I went and I took it. And I found out later that it uh, negates the birth control pill. Ah. I didn't know that. <laughs> so that's how that uh, happened. Well, there's that. <laughs> so. so I spent my 20s as, you know, a mom, which wasn't bad. I mean, it, you know, it was just... I different it was a different path okay so it was definitely different than what i thought my 20s were gonna be i mean and what about school or what because you were going to school and what happened with yeah school? well i had to drop out okay. um and i moved to north carolina with uh the father he joined the military and we went to fort bragg and you know, it could have been a lot of fun, you know, because that was my first time leaving Texas, really. Uh, going out into the world, it could have been fun, but it, it really wasn't. <laughs> so, but bringing it back to where you are now, uh -huh. as far as yeah. with kids and... Right. So, yeah. Many, <laughs> like 20 years later and yeah. three kids later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um it's weird now, you know, I found myself at 36, um, getting to do all of those things that most people do in their twenties, <laughs> you know, like trying to, to figure out who I was and, and realizing that as a mother, I had taken a lot of those parts of me that I really loved, or I don't even know if it's as a mother, just as a part of living life for the last 20 years. You know, I had I'd taken a lot of those parts of me that were integral parts of me, and I just put them in a box and wrapped them up tight and put them away. And all of the things that I had loved to do, all of the art. Right. Um, because as we were sitting here, as we were sitting at the table having this conversation, you yeah. were you were like, I need something to do. You would, as most people would like, as, well, at least what I do, I fidget with stuff all the time. 
Um, you were sculpting, actually. You had modeling clay and you are sculpting. <laughs> Making a little mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as art goes. Yeah, I, I didn't do any art that entire time. I had packed up all my supplies. They were, like, buried in the garage somewhere under bicycles and, you know, gardening tools and stuff, like all of my stuff. It wasn't even in the house because we didn't have any room for it. So it was just kids. So talk about the first time you really started doing art again. You told me this story the other night. So talk about when you first started getting back into just even, uh, yeah, you the story about preschool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. I had gotten a job as a preschool teacher at a Waldorf-inspired school, and um, part of the curriculum there was that you're supposed to do this very intricate chalkboard drawing at the beginning of each unit, and they took they take this very very seriously. You get very detailed, and you you know you're supposed to make these very beautiful chalkboard drawings, and. That was like the first time that I had tried to make art in forever. And I got so into it every time I would, you know, just draw these, you know, incredibly detailed, like life cycle of a butterfly or, you know, a seascape or, or whatever our unit was that we were talking about. And uh, one of my coworkers, um, he came in and, and was, you know, admiring my chalkboard and and he was like, you know, me and my wife, we sometimes, you know, we'll set up all of our stuff and just paint and you should come over and paint with us. And in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, like you set up paints for your kids. Cause that's what I would do. You know, I would yeah. set up like arts and crafts for my kids at the table and we would all do that kind of stuff or like, oh, we're making Play-Doh or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he was like, no, no, they do their own thing. And I came over and he and his wife are just painting, like just themselves. They just have all of, and like with real paint, not like kids paint. <laughs> like they have all that real paint. And uh, it, was, it was like this wake up moment where I was like, oh, you don't have to stop being who you are just because you become a parent. You don't have to just quit. That's what I was gonna ask him, because I see it now we're, and we're seeing it now, like, with uh, just around the shows, a lot of people that might have been in bands before may have put that on hold now. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of those people going out. It seemed like for what what we're into music-wise, um, I don't think it's just a revisit of the 90s. I just feel like, hey, the kids can walk around now and the kids right. can feed themselves and we're going out. You, you, don't, know, you don't, Your entire waking existence doesn't have to be about somebody else. <laughs> so, yeah, so now people yeah. are like, hey, let's go do this thing. Like, sh- you know, you go to a show now, you can go to a show now and everybody's over, hell, everybody's over 30. <laughs> there have been For a really? bunch of over 30 shows that we've been to. A where, lot of gray hair. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of gray it's hair. It's interesting not to be, and there have been some shows where I'm definitely the oldest person. I'm, I could definitely be somebody's parent, you know, but there, it's nice. It is kind of nice. It, I like both. I don't care. You know, sonically music is music and music shouldn't have a time or an age, but it's interesting to see that now people are getting out and like, hey, yeah. we can we can still do this thing that we love and we we might have stopped doing for a while. And I used to think, you know, like thinking back of when we were kids and, and going to see 
these little house shows and stuff together, going to like Macbeth Recreation Center and yeah. whatever and hanging out. Like, I don't remember seeing like old people there. I, I was thinking they, that. It was I'm, just kids, but I'm betting they were, they were going to like an entirely different wave, you know, like they were part of an entirely different scene. Just like there's an entirely different scene going on in Austin right now with very young right. people that you and I aren't necessarily plugged into. I bet there was an older scene that you and I weren't necessarily plugged into that were playing like at 21 and over clubs or something that we couldn't get into or yeah. you could get into, but I couldn't. Yeah, but see, the thing is, I didn't like <laughs> I didn't like those bands, really. Yeah. So I didn't go to uh, many of those shows at all. I mean, I, I can't think of many of those shows I ever went to. So... Everything I went to was like for younger bands, like the energy or whatever. So, and what's funnier is that when I think back on the '90s, I was consi- well, I'm considered a hell. I'm considered old now for sure. But back then, <laughs> back then I was considered old. And how old were you? '97. Um, I was 24. Yeah. 24, 20. You know, 98. You and I, you and I met in '96. I was 23. Yeah. No, no, no. You know what? Interestingly, I was 22, about to turn. Let me get the math right. Yeah, I was 22 it was about... spring break. Yeah, it was spring break, so I wasn't even 23 yet. Huh. I wasn't 23. I was 22, about to turn 23, because it was spring break. I turned 23 in June. So, 96, I was 22, and yeah, we were, like, that was considered kind of older, because I was older than all the guys, you know, all the guys, ne- you know. Yeah. I, I guess without saying that, I feel like saying names, because I, I feel like in our circle of friends, we know. Yeah, you know? but we might have people who are listening to yeah. us that aren't in our circle of friends. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, but yeah, it's just weird that I, I was, con- in the 90s, that was old, you yeah. know, because. I think I made fun of you for being old. Yes. When we first met. Yes. Because like, you were talking about bands that you got to see that had broken up already, and I was like, man, that doesn't make you cool, just makes you old. <laughs> 22. But it's weird that that was, con- you know, that was considered old, though. And, and now, look now, like, it's nothing to see, you know, like some 20-something-year-old year, 20 person that, you know, shows for the bands now. It's, yeah. It's kind of, sh- it's weird. I guess. It's kind so of, what are we supposed to be doing? Exactly. Which, which was my whole yeah. idea when I put this together. At 40 and 46. 40, what were we supposed to, right. what, what do we think we will be doing? What should we be doing? I think we should be doing exactly what we are doing. So... But now, I guess if, and out of that, I'm going to ask you, True. you know, because where you are now with everything, are you happy with what you're doing? Are you happy at 40? Let I me, mean, let me tell you something. Okay. All right. I am divorced. I have three kids and I've moved back in with my mother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm not going to say where I live because you told me not to. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't live there. You don't live there. You I live totally there. live in a garage. You don't live there. <laughs> you don't live. You live in a house with everybody else. Okay, um, but I'm finally going back to school, and I'm focusing on all of the things that I want to do, and um, not making decisions. You know, obviously, like I still have kids who live at the house, so I have to make decisions based on them as well, but. You know, I, could, I don't, from sun up to sundown, don't have to completely live my life for somebody else. Right. So, by society standards, I'm probably shouldn't be happy. Right. But, but I totally am. I'm the happiest I've been in ages. So, now, pulling it forward, I yeah. guess. Uh, 
because I put this in three, like three parts, like like kind of past, <laughs> present, future. Like what, do you, what do you see as far as future, as far as family, career, hobbies? And well, do you think you'll be happy doing these things? I mean, I think, and this is going to get back to this philosophy that you don't like, that uh, the main source of disappointment comes from, from having a whole lot of really firm expectations, right? So if you're, if yeah. you're sitting around going, oh, you know, well, by the time I'm 60, I want to be this, 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 and this, you know, by the time I'm 60, I want to be a grandma and I want to be, you know, able to whatever travel and RV around the country and I don't know, whatever it is. Like, like if I put those demands on myself and then something ha- like life happens and takes me in some other twists and turns and, and I don't meet those expectations, then I'm setting myself up for disappointment. We're going to, I'm going to, we're going to touch on Jeff Johns on another episode and, and hope. See, but, see, I'm talking about Seneca right now. Right, and I'm coming from, and that, I'm coming from a nerve perspective, but go if ahead. You, if you abandon that hope and just live life in the moment. You just, you just need the will to power the hope. Let's not get nerdy. Let's not throw everybody <laughs> off with okay. philosophy and Green Lantern. Yeah. So I guess my point <laughs> is, um, I just kind of want to take it as it comes. Okay. That that that's reasonable. Take okay. it as it comes as reasonable. All right. Not so much as like I'm not gonna have hope because it sounds bad to say I'm not gonna have hope. Because hope drives. Uh, I always argue the hope is gonna be that driving thing that keeps you. Like you get the reason I do certain things in the morning. Like hey, I'm you know like on, we'll say on days off. For the most part, what do I do? Open, the, get out of bed at a certain time. Open the blind. Let some light in. Yes. Live. Yeah. At least try to get the day started. There's hope that it's gonna be a great day, no matter even the work day. Hell, follow the schedule. I'm not gonna regret going in. You know. But I think the idea, you know, also of like, like having this sort of an extraordinary amount of hope. You know, like it also leads to this extraordinary amount of of expectations. You know, the the whole idea of like I'm never going to lose my car keys and 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 traffic is going to be fine and and my boss is going to totally appreciate everything I do and then when you can't find your car keys and there's a wreck on the highway and your boss yells at you and you just become you know and just allows your entire day to just fall apart because you didn't account for the fact that like shit's going to happen and then it's going to be okay it's so, going to be all right okay so, sorry no it's okay yeah. but Outside of that, if you just like for the future, though, we're still gonna say that there's, yeah. there's, there's, it's always, there's always that little light, though. Even with despite all those things you just brought up, there's still that little light that hey, definitely gonna, some shit to look forward to, right? Always yeah. that thing to look forward to. And as far as career, what, do you, what would you let's let's talk. What would you would like to do? We're not even gonna worry about like what would you like to do. I would like to not even so much like we're gonna skip over the idea. Because this is like, where would you like to go? This is where would you like to go? And not the idea of like, I need to do this because I got to eat kind of thing. Right, yeah. The, what do you want to do? Just like this question I've been asked, I got asked by a friend, like, what would you really be doing? want to do. Right. You know, like, I am happiest when I'm creating something. And that something might be illustrations. It might be, you know, making this little sculpture that I have going on in there that I've been working on for a few days. Um, it might be painting, it, you know, might be carving something out of wood, but I'm happiest when I'm creating something. And I would love, love, love to be able to make some kind of a career just 
making something with my hands. I'm happiest when I'm making something with my hands. See, and that's just just wanted to see. So, so maybe I, I'll be like naked, living on a beach, like selling knickknacks out of a van. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So that was loud. My phone being loud. But any out of out of all that though, are there any regrets? I don't think so. Don't think so. Nothing you've been like, damn it, I wish I'd done this or I could have. There were a lot of different twists and turns that I could have gone. And there were a lot of bad things that happened to me, like, throughout all of that. But all of those things led me here. And I'm happy here. Huh, somebody sounding hopeful and optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like or me- maybe I just know that bad things happen, but I'm going to be okay. I, I, like, I like messing with you and pulling that back, bringing it back. <laughs> I'm going to get a tattoo. It's going to say hopeless, and you're going to be so mad at me. That's all right. right. I'll counter (laughs) somehow. I don't know with what. Maybe fearless. Uh I love it. (laughs) I just thought of that. Just knuckle tattoos both ways. Yeah. So. you are about to hear are true. MC's names have been changed to protect the innocent. The innocent. So we're doing this again. All right. Now, if anybody uh, is curious, we put all of the songs from the show. We have like a a song of the day at the end, <laughs> but, but all of the songs that we have in the show are on a Spotify playlist. Also, can I bring up one thing? Also, yeah. some kind of admin stuff. Sure. So, we actually, we're on a few platforms. Oh, hey. Yeah, so, depending on how you listen to the podcast, uh, we're, we're, Anchor's hosting this, so thank you, Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. hosting it for free. I'm quite yes. sure there's some way you're making money off there's of this n- somehow. There's no such thing as a free podcast. Not at all. <laughs> We're paying somehow. Some way. Somebody, somehow they're making money off of this. But that being said, you can also find this podcast on, you can find this podcast on Anchor, Spotify. You can find it on Pocket Cast. And let's see what else. I'm looking to see Pocket Cast, Google Play. Nice. Uh, some uh, format called Breaker. And let's see what else. Uh, got one more, and Radio Public. Oh, so nice. some point we'll get the big ones like you know Apple. I mean Google Play, that's big. Google Play is big, but Apple and Stitcher. All right, would be nice to now, get those. If you are on something, if you can, if you if there's an option to subscribe, or to follow it, or to rate it, that would help us. Yes. And if you have any comments, I don't know how, I guess like maybe on Anchor, there's a place wherever you, wherever you can leave a comment on whatever platform you use and leave a, leave a comment to us and maybe we'll, yeah, or you, can, some, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah. You can I, comment there. Yeah. We'll put that somewhere. Put, we'll yeah. put our contacts in as well. So yeah. just want to do some admin stuff kind of right. in the middle. Okay. That's a good spot for it. All right. All right. It is your turn to get interviewed. Wow. I, you know, I never get interviewed. You, Nobody you, that's asked not me. That's not true. Who, no, I got, okay. I got interviewed by 
uh, one kid once. By that girl from UT. Okay, that's two times. Yeah. Ha ha. I don't know if I don't know if that was ever used. The stuff she got, I don't even think I, it ever got used. She never hit me back up and say, "Hey, I wrote this paper and did this thing." Oh, so. I don't know. Yeah. That time right now was my first time being interviewed. I think. So. Really? Yeah. Nobody's asked. Nobody wants to talk to me. Uh, I did. <laughs> well, good. Let's see. All right. So. Every, everybody's got a story and an interesting one at that. I don't it's think anybody, true. I think everybody's got something like, whoa, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. And now it's your turn. All right. All right. So you're 46. Yes. You weren't always 46, though. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you were once a, a bright-eyed, beardless youth. Yeah. Always, yeah, so, pretty much. So let's hear your origin story. Where do you want to start? Because I mean, you, well, you, you're driving. All I'm, right. You're driving. Where you want to go? You moved here when you you moved to Texas when you were 16. I was 15, so 15. about to turn like a week. I was a week or maybe a week, week and a half away from my birthday. Okay. So I was 15 turning 16. And you moved to Copper's Cove. Copper's Cove, Texas. Yes. Right. That was yeah. It was, it was way. It was a great opportunity. It was, uh, hey, live live in the projects of East St. Louis, or live in the suburb, live in the suburban kind of military bedroom community, where things are you know quality of life was a little better. So, did you ever growing up in East St. Louis imagine yourself in that type of environment in Copper's Cove? My thing was, I will say this, eventually. I had hoped. Yeah. I had hoped as a kid. I had hoped at some point, yeah, you would get married and have the house and all that other stuff. So I eventually... Or in Texas? Not in Texas necessarily. You know what? Not in Texas necessarily. No. But I envisioned myself, you know, like the house and, you know, the whole nuclear family idea. Yeah. Was, you know, when you're a kid, that's what, you know, you see on TV. It's right. not what I saw so much in my own real life, but what I saw on TV. So, uh, yeah, that was... That would have been the... <laughs> yeah, but it must have been it, very different to to move, to pick up in the middle of high school and and go across the country and... Not, but you know what? Here's the thing. I couldn't wait to leave. Like, when it was offered, I was ready to go. So it was... I Because it, it wasn't the greatest of situations. Okay. So it when it was offered, it was like, yes... Right off. I was excited. I was excited because I hadn't been anywhere else but East St. Louis. So the idea thought of living somewhere else was exciting to me. Yes, yeah. living in tech. Like, yes, I want to do that. I want to experience something different. So it wasn't, I am not too afraid of change. Things happen. So that, you know, a change like that, yes, I'm, I welcomed it. It was, uh, like I said, there was a great, I saw it as an opportunity, a great opportunity. So. And who are you living with here? Here, I live with. My aunt and uncle, um, my my aunt D. Oh, everybody affectionately called her D. So you know, longer name, but yeah, D and Daniels, who I lived with, and you know, like they, he was in our, he was stationed at Fort Hood, and um, and my aunt, she, she had she had a college degree, but you know, she assumed the role of homemaker, okay. willingly. I don't know if that was that she just followed this man. I don't, you know, like. We could, you know, like, we could argue, like, she loved him so much, like, she just gave up. You talk about, like, 
the crane wife. Some women decide like, hey, I want to do this. And some others like do it begrudgingly. Yeah. I mean, there's. She, you know. When you were in a military situation and, you know, he was moving, you told me that they had lived in Germany, Germany and California. Yeah, uh, Fort, not, well, not California, but Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Yeah, so they had moved. It's hard, um, it's hard to build a career and when you just have to pick up and go. She had a good career in East yeah. St. Louis. She but, actually, but you know what I mean? Like, if you have to, if you have to pick up and yeah. move and then start all over and then pick up and move and start all over, it might have just been easier to, to be like, okay, I'm just going to run the show here and that's exactly what she did and um she left a great career to marry him and follow him you know and that, which uh, as what, what that was like 78 they got married yeah. 1978 so yeah that i guess at that time maybe that was this you know it was the idea like i'm gonna support my man and follow my man you know it was a different yeah. idea belief structure and you <laughs> so you roll your no, eyes I, I didn't roll my eyes i totally that sounds <laughs> awful i did not roll my eyes i'm i'm I, I think that there is a societal uh, expectation of women that... Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, in a lot of ways, uh, financial, you know, you you're, don't make as much money typically as your husband. And so, um, in a lot of ways, it just made more sense to give up your career so that you could support them in their career. Um, so. Yeah, it was, yeah, but that, that was a dynamic and I lived with them. And for me, um, they, you know, like being around, I got to be around different kids. I, I'm from a, I was from an area where it was like 90, the city was 95% black, at least East St. Louis, Illinois. So I got to be around different kids into different things and just around different cultures. So I got to have friends like, a friend of mine I skated with, you know, and it, and it kind of mattered. And it would be it would be silly to say I didn't, you know. Yeah, I got to be around black people also, but I got to my one of my best friends. But the the people I skated with, one kid was Korean, one kid was Mexican, and that's who I skated with. Those are my like people I love skating with all the time and hanging out with, you know. Um, so and I got to see a different, you know, how other people lived as opposed to how I grew up and how you know, I got to experience for for the most part. I got to experience the and I will say a stable home life. Yeah. I'll say that much. <laughs> um, what? What did? Where did you see yourself, like career-wise or education-wise? Like when you were in, you know, finishing up high school in Cockers Cove with your aunt. What, how so, did you so envision things going from I there? I don't know that I talk about this that much. Okay. Um, I came here. Like I said, I came here like with. Um, Man, I, I don't want to sound too much like like this pauper's kind of this pauper kind of story, but I came here with like all my clothes in a duffel bag and my skateboard is how I came to Texas. <laughs> and you left all your records. I left my records and I was amassing a little punk rock metal collection in St. Louis and I bad. left it. I had some good stuff. People, that would have been a heavy box though. It would have been, and I had no and I came here on a Greyhound. Yeah. So but um in high school, like, my junior year, I never really thought about it. You know, like, my aunt and uncle handed around, like, well, maybe, you know, we can f- figure out how to get you into uh, CTC, Central Texas College, which is, like, Coppers, Cove, Colleen, uh-huh. kind of that area, um, and to start out, uh, which I ended up doing. But I felt like I was a, I didn't want to be a burden. Right. You know, like, they, you know, for two years, they housed me, like, or whatever, and... 
you know, like stretched their budget to and gave me a place to sleep when they, you know, didn't have to, even though like it was something that, you know, they told me later that, that they always wanted to do. Right. But, but you saw it as I something that it. was going to end when you turned 18. Yeah. I saw it as like, and I didn't want to be a burden. And, you know, the idea I got to be a, that stupid, the machismo idea, I got to be a man. That idea, you know, I like where I come from, everybody grows up quick. So 18, you're a man, like really. Right. You're not, you're not a 39-year-old boy like uh, no. Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> no. You're not, you know, now people say, like, people in their 20s are a, a kid. You know, you're a kid in your 20s. Like, man, 18, I was, I was already, like, I need to. So I signed up, and I and, uh, I did, like, I ended up joining the Navy uh, with the Navy Basic, which I didn't want to do. You weren't you weren't in your dreams to be in a... Uh, the idea was joining the military, I would get money yeah. for school because okay. I always wanted to go to school. I always yeah. wanted to go to college. Never really sure of what I wanted to be, right? but I always wanted to go to college. So the idea thought was like, all right, I'll do this, get some money for school, you know, do the whatever three to four years and, you know, GI Bill, so on and so forth and, you know, college education. You but, just you just don't seem like a military guy. Which like is, I've known military guys. You don't seem which, like a military is, guy. It's funny because when I'm around other people, every you know, like certain people, like you say, like man, you're so straight laced, and certain certain punks or certain people, like man, you're so straight laced and you're so together. And you even told me, I <laughs> yeah, you do have your shit together, but that's different. <laughs> it's a, like the I don't know. But I was around a bunch of army dudes, which is different from the navy. But I was around a bunch of army dudes and. But, you don't, but yeah, like that, that well. idea was like, I got to do this. And I didn't, I went through basic, which I didn't really like. And, you know, like I got out I, cause I was like, I don't want to do this. And, you know, like they don't tell you so much like, yeah, you can quit. <laughs> they try to scare you not to, but you can quit. So I quit and I came back to Copper's Cove, you know, where I was living with my aunt and uncle and I felt like I disappointed them and I felt real bad about it. What did they say? They let me stay. They let me stay with them, but I didn't stay long. I ended up getting a, an apartment with the person I was in a band with at the time. Yeah. We got an apartment together. I didn't stay like 90, because that was 91. Okay. And I moved out. <laughs> I didn't want to, because I didn't, the idea thought. And they ended up telling me, because I ended up moving back in with them again later in 93, my aunt and uncle again. And I stayed with them until like 97, 98. That but, was a good chunk of time. Yeah. But the funny part was, like, they didn't, you know, they had no problem with me being there. I wasn't the burden that, you know, that you thought you were like that was yeah. that was in your head. That was in my head that I was like, because I worked all the time. I was working. I mean, it was just like a job washing dishes and shit. But I was working. And you were in a band. I was in a band, and then eventually I ended up working for a corporation. But I, you know, while staying there. But did your band ever go on tour? No, that's a that that, that goes on the list. I never got to tour. I always wanted to, never got around to it. I've been in. A, I've played. I've been in and out of punk rock bands since I was sixteen. Never got to tour. Been played st- shows out of state, even never got to tour. Man, I've done long weekends and stuff like that. Never toured. That sucks. It sucks because I always wanted to go on the road. I always wanted that adventure. Um, I feel like you could have done it when, with Minority. Minority would have been an awesome opportunity. Or Brick. Because you could have done it with Brick. Brick would have been fun too. I, but like Minority, you're all young, you know. Yeah, and that was it. Cause cause Car Bomb toured. And it could have been a joint thing, maybe, but I always felt like those guys were um, carbon. You know, like Brick was just the side piece. <laughs> That's what it was. You know, it was a side thing. Carbon was the, the main thing. You know, for them, they love carbon. That's what they did. They did Brick because it was like, all right, we'll do it. You know, 
I'll do it because you know we'll see. And then it's what it felt like. And again, it could be that same thing that, I'm feeling. Yeah, you may be projecting some feelings but on that, other people that, was, that wasn't actually there. That was what I. That was kind of the feeling, man, because I felt like we could crush it, you know. But and you know, see, people seem to like it. You know, I like doing it, and it seemed like we keep people in the room, yeah. and people liked it, you know. But um, that's all I knew you from. Yeah. Was brick. Yeah, and I wish you'd see Minority. Minority oh, was good. That was, I was just a yeah, but child. Though, honestly, I loved doing that band. That band was so much fun. And if you had seen the Copper's Cove shows, like back in, in like 90, summer 93, summer 93 will always be like that. When, if you talk to a Cove kid, summer 93 was it. <laughs> that was so awesome. We had our own little venue in that small town, and we skated. Everybody skated. People, you know, like there was this whole little community that wasn't in Austin that was happening in a small town in Texas. I was 13, so the highlight of my summer of '93 was uh, crashing a bar mitzvah that I wasn't invited to. <laughs> so, but yeah, like that was what. And as far as you know, what I you know what I be doing, what I was doing back then, that was I had no real plan to be honest. Um, I just figured I'd go to school, you know, somehow, you know, from Navy Basic, and go, but that didn't happen. So what I ended up doing was just washing dishes in a greasy spoon. Like You went to school eventually, though. Yeah, I went to Central Texas College, uh, Central Texas College for, at first, and I was just, all I did was skate and play a minority and wash dishes. And that's what I did, you know. And it was fun because it kept me, I had a cheap, really cheap apartment. And I kept myself in comic books and records somehow. And that's all I needed. And skate records and comics. And I was good, you know. Simple <laughs> life, simple pleasures. Played music. That's that was, yeah. that was, I had no, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I had, what I did, interestingly enough, what I went to school for actually was like for broadcasting. Yeah. So I did go to Central, that was, that was the program I was in. But I ended up, uh. I guess I kind of sort of, I guess I sort of dropped out. I didn't follow up the next year with it because I started, you know, I was like, I started working at this hotel in Colleen okay. and just to earn money because I needed, I needed income. Like I couldn't yeah. get my, I needed a car so I can get to these shows <laughs> here in you Austin. priorities, man. Yeah. And, um, I needed a car and once I, you know, I worked at a hotel and, but even then, you know, like I played in brick, skated, bought comic books. And again, you know, life was, it, that was always the thing. No matter what, skateboarding, music, and comic books. That was it. <laughs> no matter where, no matter, looking back on life, ever since I was 13, that was, that's been it. Uh, but 40, for 33 years, the consistency has been <laughs> skateboarding, music, comic books. Yeah, it's a simple life. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get too complicated. That was it. Like I couldn't tell you out of all these questions I asked you and everything, uh, what I I didn't I never known what I wanted to. Do. I've always had a short term plan of what I like to do. What you like to do now, but not because you say you talk about this a lot. It's something that you'll bring up. I think is this sort of like self deprecating joke, of you know about you know. I'm a 46-year-old black man, and, you know, I'm not doing what I should be doing. It's not what I should be doing. Let's put it this way, because remember, one of the things I have on the list is uh, everyone's, everyone else's, other people's expectations. Right. So the expectation of what a 46-year-old black man would be doing, if, if any of you know any other 46-year-old black men, and see how they're living life. What is what the expectation? expectation of, 
you know, like I should definitely have the, the I should definitely have the wife and kids and be in the home, you know, like the, the nuclear family. I come from, we come from that generation that we, you know, it should be about the nuclear family. Right. Having the 2.5 kids, the, the house, the garage. Checking the boxes. Right. Now, interestingly enough, uh, me and like a guy I used to skate with, we graduated. There's a picture of us somewhere, maybe in the Copper Scope High School yearbook, maybe not. Uh, I have it here somewhere. Me and my friend Chad graduating. We took a picture. My friend Liz McDonald took this picture. And it's me and my friend, uh, I'm, it's fine. <laughs> I said a name, so what? But me and my friend Chad, I'm saying his name, <laughs> we're, holding, we're standing side by side. I got my arm around him. We're just looking at each other. Graduated. He's, his birthday is probably a week ahead of mine. I think his birthday is June 7th, if I'm not mistaken. That is crazy that you remember all these things. So his birthday is June 7th. And, you know, like I said, I didn't finish with Nate. I didn't, fit, I didn't even try to go into Nate. I just did basically like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Chad, not only did he join the Navy, because he went like, when I got back, he was like, man, why'd you quit? And he was going in. Oh, okay. So not only did he finish basic, he did, he, he did like, let me see, I want to make sure I got it right, because he joined in 91. Um, he actually like, he did the whole 20, he did 20 plus years. Oh, I want to wow. say he did 27 years. Just stayed in. So yes. is he like your measuring stick? Is that what uh, well, you, is well, that what you I'm just, at? I'm, I'm, you're like, well, this is, I'll just say this. He did the 27 years. He got, so you do over 20, you got, you got 20 plus, you got retirement and healthcare for life. So he's got that. And not only that, he like, he's got some job at Amazon all of a sudden as well too. Well, not all of a sudden he applied for it, obviously, and whatever else he's got. Career, he's But like an upper job. He's not yeah. like peeing in bottles. No. Okay. <laughs> not Because when all. you say I've got a job at Amazon, it can mean totally different things <laughs> he, depending on where in Amazon you're working. He definitely is peeing in a bottle. <laughs> okay. He's got he's some management he's some upper management kind right. of stuff going on. He's the one telling other people to pee yeah, in bottles. Exactly. Okay. If anything, because he probably did it in the navy, peeing his bottle. <laughs> he probably did it in the navy. So, uh, but you know, like two different paths. He he got the family. He did all those things. But Chad's white, so we'll put that. We're not gonna even. Okay. But at least we're not getting to talk about race. But the idea of what a forty-six year old man should be. We'll okay. even go there first. All right. Even before we add the black. Okay. Which is gonna have some extra, <laughs> some extra <laughs> shit. But he did all that, you know. And we'll keep and we'll message each other once in a while on, on Facebook or whatever, you know, the happy birthday and everything. Sure. But he did the whole career thing, you know, family man and raise kids and stuff. I got a cat. <laughs> But it's a really cute cat. I got a cat. I I haven't, you know, I never, I didn't, nothing in the path like of skateboarding, comic books, and music. You were, you were thinking short term. <laughs> and I mean, I, and I've had a lot of almost wives. Right. But it, it never panned out to where it was. So are you happy? I, you know what, there, I, like, you know, the only time I have regrets. Tell me. Or when I owe a lot of money, I owe money for things. Uh, I'm behind on something, I'm almost broke. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, you know, I should have had a career. <laughs> <laughs> should have had a career. I wouldn't have these. You fine have out. a career. I do. You have a career because right now, I do. Have you're not a, washing dishes. No, I haven't washed a dish yeah. in forever. So that's not true. He washes the dishes here, but. Not, I haven't not washed for it money. Yeah, I haven't washed dishes saying. for money forever. Yeah. I um but I mean it's there was there's no 
I don't, I never did the stable like this is this thing that I get up every day and do. I never, I don't know everything is like for all the things like for you know I went to I did eventually graduate from college. You did. I had a plan. You thought, went to the University of Texas. Yes, I did. You put my business out there. I thought we weren't saying names. Well, I'm sorry, but I feel like that's <laughs> something to brag about. I didn't graduate from the University of Texas. But you could. But you could. You could yeah. still go. Yeah, but you there's still thought you you know don't you know downplay it. And I went, so and I had nothing. You realize again, I came to Texas once again. I came to Texas, and I'm not on some Republican pull yourself up by your bootstraps bullshit. But it's possible, it's doable. You might owe some people some money later on, but hell, if you die, they can't get it. <laughs> That's kind of how I'm looking at life on some. They'll shit. go after your parents. You like. Like if you die, they can't get it. So so don't worry. You, uh-huh. you, you have no worries. If they okay. if I we'll die, nobody's pay, coming after you. Pay a student loan. So for the rest of our lives. But it's great. You die, well, ain't getting nothing. <sighs> Whatever. So, <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, even when going to school, I it was like it was just short term plans. Like oh, I could possibly do this. You know, uh, I always I never got to. I guess, like, if we put on a list of regrets, because I have some, not too bad, but, and it's things that, you know, I always look at it like, well, that's something I can correct or whatever. The one regret I had while going to UT, because, again, I, I, I graduated with a degree in radio, television, film. What yeah. I wish I could, what I regret not doing is a good internship or being in an environment. We've talked about being in an environment right. before. When, yeah. you, when you put yourself in an environment where something's happening, you are going to become part of that. Like, well, you, you're going to be influenced by it and become part of it. And I wish... If, if you could have found a paid internship, do you think you would have done it? Because I feel like that's the problem with internships is a lot of them aren't paid. But the problem with the... If I could have, I think it might not have paid enough. Okay. That was my... That was a concern. I was making... With what I was making for the corporation, Yeah. I was doing okay, I guess, you know? And I didn't want to sack But the thing is, the job I had with the corporation... Cause they weren't gonna, I w- they weren't gonna make me a manager. I mean, cause I had been so punk rock early on, <laughs> and even though I didn't look punk rock, I was still the attitude, my belief system was still punk rock. Not as like me going you like been there long enough that they yeah, knew who you were. They knew who I was, and it wasn't like I was walking around going like, "Ah, oh, fuck you," and giving people the finger. But it was just my attitude as far as like I didn't have, like I said again, even you know, and that and for the corporation, I was in my thirties, so but I didn't have the what a maybe a third. I saw other 30-year-old black men and they had families and all this other stuff yeah. and I didn't have that. I wasn't doing that at all. Um, I, you know. Uh, Is that a regret? It's not a regret on the family thing. It's a regret that, again, it always goes back to the money. It's not even, <laughs> it's not even so much because I look at, that's not what I ever wanted to be. You know, those things, the things that, like when I talk about my friend Chad, I'm glad he did what he did. That's awesome. You know, he's happy. He's got, you know, the wife and the kids and the, stable career and he's happy but I'm also happy too because I've I've had some adventures and I've had some good times mm-hmm. uh, and again the skateboarding like people see me I might not be doing the stuff I was doing skateboarding early on but I'm still having fun when I do go out okay. you know um, everything and plus like along the way you know like all the people I've met and all the music I've seen I've heard and I you know like I've stayed on top of I don't have any regrets in that long at all. I think, honestly, my regrets are all financial. <laughs> financial regrets are what I have. Realistically, financial regrets are what I have. That as far fine. as, I, I would be lying, like, that's it. I'm just sitting here, and this is just a revelation I'm having sitting here. 
thinking about it, financial regrets. Because otherwise, everything I'm doing, and it's not, uh, and I'm not saying this is not a fuck you to anybody that's doing, you know, any other 46-year-old black man that has the wife and the kids and right. are doing, you know, watching, happy sitting at home, setting up the grill, watching the game. If it's that's not, what you're yeah. doing and you're happy, that's fine. That's just not that's what not, you that's just life. It's not what I wanted. I can't sit. I mean, if you said, hey, let's go play football, sure. Let's, I'll throw it to you. I'll run it. I'll Whatever. But if you said, let's just sit and root for a team, that's going to be, I can't sit. <laughs> You're not and, a spectator when it comes not, to that. The thing that, the thing that skateboarding spoiled is that, like, you know, you could go watch, you can go to a demo, watch the pros skate, and then skate with the pros. You know, you're, right. the people, all the people that, like, normal people get excited about and I'm not saying normal people in a derogatory way anyone listening to the, the, listening on any of the different formats the things that normal people get excited about like or the heroes or whatever I feel like I've met most of the people that I've like I was inspired by I've had the chance to either see or meet at some point you know I don't think any other outside of skateboarding or you don't get that. Well, that's that like the often. opposite of a regret. Right yeah, there. I've that's met a... so many people. I've had a chance to sit and talk with yeah. the people that influenced me in some way and uh, you know one way or the other, and it's been amazing. I, I, you know, like and even just like in the new a- a- activities I participate in, I've had a chance to meet, you know, like just to go on the side. Like one of the things I ended up learning, picking up later on in life was capoeira. I never thought I would ever do that. I always wanted to have wondered about it because I was curious, but I never thought I'd be doing it. And I've had a chance to meet, like, you know, great masters. Like, people, so, you know. So, like, Capoeira is the sexy fighting dancing from Brazil. Sexy, well, Afro Brazil. It's an Afro Brazilian. Sexy fighting dance. Afro Brazilian martial art. And I practice Capoeira Angola, which is usually more slower and more soulful <laughs> and all this other stuff. And yeah, anyway. But yeah, I've met Matt. I've had a chance, and I don't speak the language. I my Portuguese is terrible, but I've had a chance to meet and shake hands with and be trained by these great people, you know. And with you know people that like normal people, normal people like hey, they might not, they're not gonna get coached by some great foot. They're not gonna get the yeah, chance to train I, with yeah, a great football coach or basketball coach or I whatever. I think that's one of the the unique things about the way that you and I grew up is the the fact that if you were into something. You got to be Part surrounded it. by it. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, and it wasn't so much a spectator yeah, fan. Yeah, you weren't separated from it. You, you would, you did something. You right. were a part of. You'd be hanging out with the people. Yeah, and right. So yeah, that that's why. Like I think a lot of, I'm still chasing it. I I still chase it. I like haven't given up on. You know, like. Well, that takes us into the next part, which is where do you see yourself in the future? Christian, I like just I, I do everything by the seat of my pants. I really do. As <laughs> I do it safely, though, I uh, out of fear and insecurity. Uh, what are you afraid of? Failure. I like or hitting that hard bottom where I can't get up and I don't have any support to get up from it. What does that stop you from doing? Uh, like they stop me from touring because I've. And I, a friend of ours that, like, I don't, since we can't say names, but a friend of ours used to get frustrated with me a long time ago because I was in a band with him. He'd get frustrated, like, dude, quit that job. Quit for that corporate dude. Let's go on the road. Let's go on the road. He was always pushing it. See, and part of me, like, and he was, you know, like, I see where he is now. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it. You should listen to this guy. 
So he took some chance. Like not to mention, not only did he did uh, the other good friend, who's also who also owns another business, they took chances. I never took those chances. You know, I I, I played this. I played it safe. Like okay, I got this. I got insurance. <laughs> I got a corporate so, job. I have insurance. I've I've had three corporate. I've worked for three big corporations, and I've always had insurance. <laughs> and, so that fear, it, it's cost you experience. It cost you adventure. Yeah. Um, but human beings are selfish. We don't do anything for no reason. Yeah. So you got something out of it too. What lot, did that fear give you? Lots of pairs of Adidas. <laughs> lots of pairs of Adidas. Lot. Lots of comic books, <laughs> lots, of, lots of that. That's pretty much I, a lot of that stuff. I mean, the security that I mean, it was just like that idea of security making. Because again, I have this whole thing. I'm like, I don't want to be anybody's burden. Okay. I don't, you know, like I'm not. So I'm not Republican anybody, <laughs> but I do. I don't want to. I don't want. Maybe okay. Just like the stigma. I grew up with the stigma of welfare. Right. Uh, the stigma of like that's bad. It's been in my head. Right. That that the welfare queen, all this stupid shit that we hear about. And I have here's the funny part. I have no problem paying into. I don't have problems with. And I got to say this. And so we'll just just to get a little political for you, Kristen. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have. I am not going to be the motherfucker that says I don't want my tax dollars to go. Please, if my tax dollars are going to go anywhere, it's for somebody to eat or take care of their children. That's fine. Right. That's it, that's what it's supposed to be there for. I and it only a small part of our money even goes to those programs. Was, yeah, mm, a small part of our money will go to that stuff. But I have. I wish a larger part of it went to that to help somebody get along or maybe pay for right. other programs for everybody. To so be you're successful. you're okay with the the theory of the program, but you didn't. You, you don't ever want to be that person. I don't want to be. A, and sounds it sounds kind of. I'm now saying it sounds kind of messed up, but I don't want to be. You know, I want to make sure. I think the, the idea, because I own some machismo bullshit. Like, nobody will respect you if you always have your hand out. And I just want to be respected in that way. I can take care of myself. I'm self-sufficient. I will, if I need something, then I've done, I've exhausted every possible means before asking for help for something. So, and you see you rolling your eyes. I see you I'm rolling not rolling my eyes. eyes. I'm thinking. See, okay. I'm thinking. <laughs> when it's, your eyes go up into certain places, it's like you're, you're accessing that uh, part of your brain. All right. So I'm not rolling my eyes at right, you. All right. Cause I'm, but that's, that was, that was, that's always been my way of thinking. I never wanted to have to ask anybody for anything. So that's probably. Yeah. So, what, so you, so, so bringing it back to what you get out of it, what you get out of holding on to that fear or allowing that fear to um, I know I have a, dictate what you I know, did. I know I have a place to live. I know I got something to eat. You know, again, also, and, and, I don't have, I, here's it. Now, this might sound, this is going to be some cultural shit, but that's, but that's what, you know, different world, same couch is about, the cultural right. differences. I look at a lot of my peers, and this is nothing against, a, this isn't a judgment or anything against any of my peers, anybody I've grown up with. And I'm talking about, all, and let's just be honest, I'm talking about the white people I know. Right. <laughs> and I've seen grow up right. in suburban. A lot of people like, oh, my family can help me do this. So they this. had a safety net. They had that. And you didn't. I did not. And so if you quit your job and went on tour and, and just burned it all, I might and have, it didn't work out. I would have, what, what would have happened with New Year if I had done that, I said a name. So if I had done that with the band I was in in the 90s, whether it had been Brick or New Year, I'll say the band names. If it had been Brick or New Year, uh, I would have ended up staying with my aunt and uncle. And I knew that they were, they were doing what they could to hold on to the house they had at the time. And 
if I was going to stay there, I had to contribute. And I didn't want to not contribute to them. Right. And I didn't, again, and it also goes back to, I didn't want to be a burden. Okay. So I didn't have that. I didn't want to, you know, put that on them. Like, and again, in the 90s, I was a grown ass man. You know, that idea of like even 20 something, that's a grown ass man in the 90s. And especially being a black person, because we're looked at even, you know, 16 year old black men, black, not our men, but 16 year olds are looked at it as, you know, 16 year old black kids are looked at as black men when it comes, you know, in the eyes of the law or anything else. What's messed up is, we do that in our own culture as well, too, which is kind of fucked up. We don't let some at some point we don't let, now maybe more so now, but at the time, kids couldn't be you know black kids couldn't be kids, and it kind of sucked, and especially where I came from. So, do you feel like that's still going on? I don't think so. I feel. I'm hoping. I hope like hell is not. I read uh, an article today, and this is kind of on point, but a little bit of a tangent. But uh, it was just saying that. Um, kids in general are waiting to do a whole lot of stuff and that it has to do with like, like they are maturing slower. So they are like extending childhood longer. Like, so they're not getting their driver's license as fast. They're not, um, they're waiting to move out. Obviously they're waiting to have sex. They're waiting to do drugs. They're waiting to drink like all of those things that when we were young, that was people were doing doing when they were, you know, and so 14 years old, you, yeah. have, you have people who are like 17 going, I'm not ready to date yet, you know? So, so yeah, like I said, like where... So where, I just wondered if that was something that was true across communities. Oh, and it, to a fault, at least because of what I've seen, you know, I hope so. You know, like, let kid, like, I'll, you know, excuse me. Sorry about that. But it would be, you know, let kids be kids. Right. Which, you know, like the idea like that I... I because of skateboarding, I extended my childhood to a fault, you know, um, yeah. because of it. And so taking it back to, to where we see ourselves in the future, how do you think that you can go forth without letting fear dominate well, well, your decision making? Uh, the one thing, no matter what happens, I always want to make sure me and the cat, Mr. Hijinks and and well, I just put this out here, and you too, <laughs> and family. There's somewhere if I eat, you eat. <laughs> uh, we know I love to eat. Uh, if vegan or not, I love to eat. Well, it's always vegan anyway, but I love to eat. You're doing a very good job feeding me. Yes, love to I cook and eat. I can barely fit into my pants anymore. You you look fine. So I'm being ridiculous. <laughs> we'll talk. We're gonna talk about body image on another episode. Damn it. Yeah, we have to because the cultural shit. We're talking about body image. That's okay. gonna come up. But All right. honestly, I. Until the like, and I and we've talked about this personally. Like, until until the body says no, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Like tomorrow, bike ride tomorrow morning to the library. Yeah, that's what we're doing. See, yeah. like just moving around and bike riding. Riding a bike was something. So, so you I don't feel any doing. any um, pressure to grow up at 46 years old. You don't feel any pressure the, to um, to grow up. The pressure I feel, and this is like going back to what I should and why I wrote this wrote these questions out. The the pressure to grow up, I guess, or it's just other people's expectations. And now I know I've said this to you, and I've said this before. The reason I got into one of the many reasons I got into punk rock, not just because of a lot of crazy music and crazy looking weird people, but the idea of like I learned to say fuck you, you know, I learned to like not be concerned with what other people think, and that okay. when that's what I mean by saying I learned to say fuck you, like 
yes, I like this. I own it. You know, who I, this is who I am. I'm weird, so what? Fuck you. I like, yes, I like this. Fuck you. Yes, I'm black and I like this crazy-ass music that, you know, fuck you. I like this. This is, no, I don't have the latest fashion or whatever people are wearing or whatever. Fuck you. I like my chuck, my ripped-up chucks because this is all I could afford. Fuck you. I'm skate, you know, I'm riding this skateboard. And even back then, like a long right. time ago, what, 13, you're riding this, you know, like 14, you're riding a skateboard? Yes, fuck you. I, I learned to say fuck you. Yeah. But I, I want to keep doing whatever I'm doing. You know, like I'm enjoying, I enjoy what I do. I, you know, like look forward to, always look forward to like, hey, what, what new comic book can I read? What new band, what new hardcore bands come, what new punk hardcore band or what new hip hop album? I'm always looking for that still. That's so what do you say to people who are like, oh, you're still doing that? Yes. It, fuck you is what I say. <laughs> yes, I'm happy. Like one guy a long time ago, um, back in the 90s, mm-hmm. when I was in, I was 20-something going to shows, there was this older guy, and I can't think of his name, but at the time, he was 36 at shows in the 90s. He would he was the one older guy. If you were trying to figure oh, okay. out, he would have been the one older guy. I can't think of his name, uh, but he passed away somewhere like the early 2000s. Mm. Um he had some health problems and stuff, but um, and I asked him like, "What keeps?" And I asked him back then, "What keeps you going to shows?" And he was like, "Huh, you know, people talk about you know being adult or whatever. What's adult about listening to Britney Spears and going to clubs on Sixth Street? What's adult <laughs> about that? What's grown up about that? What's and nothing that I was like, he just like I'm like you just solidified everything I want to. <laughs> I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. I you know uh, the idea of what it, it what what. It, I guess, like, I always joke about it. And maybe I am a little insecure about it to a fault. I mean, I'll be honest, I am a little insecure. Like, because I see, you know, I've seen other black people and other black men and what they're doing and you're raising kids and doing all this stuff. And, like, I just never went down that lane. I don't... Uh, so do you feel like you're being judged? Yeah, probably. I mean, but at the same time, though, you know, like, all with punk rock, there's always a little circle, like, hey, you know, like, especially if, like, I was in, I saw a great show or played a great show... There's always that, like, I know what I did the other night. You know, I was in front of all these people and I did this thing and I got to experience this great right. thing. You know, and maybe in my own weird way, like, fucked up judgmental way, I'm like, hi, and all you did was set up the grill and watch the game. So, <laughs> but that's only if somebody's coming at me in that way. But, I mean, and nobody really does, but people do. I feel like, I, you know, when I talk about what I'm into or whatever with other people, or I, I never, when I talk about, you know, when I talked about last time, like, work culture and not kind of fitting in, that's, a lot of it. Yeah. You know. You know, I, I've told you this before, but I'm going to say it on here because I think it bears repeating. But there's this idea, um, and you hear about it a lot, like, you know, in therapy or whatever, you know, about finding your inner child, right? And and I never knew what that meant before, but I kind of figured it out that it's, you know, it's it's basically just being true to, to the person that you really are when you when you strip away all of society's expectations of you. And, and that person that you were when you were like 12 or 13 that, where, that you know, loved skateboarding and comics and whatever. And, and there's this, you know, when I was 13, would that person recognize me today? Or would they be like, what the fuck happened to you, you know? And so stripping all of that away and trying to find those things that you love and, and those things that brought you joy when you were younger and, and holding on to that. And, and, you know, for so many people, this is like a, like a journey. Like they have to go and like pay people money to help them work through these things to try to find their <laughs> inner child and try to hold on to it. And I, I think, you know, 
the fact that you still have it isn't something to be ashamed of or something that you have to get defensive about. I think it's like you are what people go to therapy to try to become. See, but it was funny is when we talk about that, because we talked about it, like I said, I've joked, I've had a bunch of almost wives. Along the way, I felt like I've disappointed those people because one definitely said to me, like, I thought you were going to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were going to grow up. I think that's a her problem and not a you problem. <gasps> that, that was definitely a, like, no, this is what you signed up for. I, this is what you signed up for. You knew what you were getting. You knew what this was. I thought you were just going to spontaneously loving all the things you love. No, man. I, I, I thought when you fell in love with me that I was going to replace everything that you love. Man, that, that, <laughs> that. That exact and see here's the the other part when we talk about and I'm going back to the list we talk about others expectations, you know that was that was an expectation somebody else had, and I disappointed and but it doesn't fall under regret though. There we go. <laughs> it yep. does not fall under regret. One thing you said like hey everything leads led us here, right. and I you know I I don't feel I'm not a pious man. <laughs> Your mother loves that line. Uh, she thinks it's so funny. I'm not a pious man, but. And I'm not, I'm not into, we know how I feel about when people start getting way too, talking about spirituality way too much and start sounding all like, as you would call it, crunchy and granola. Mm, like yeah. when my daughter starts talking about horoscopes. Oh. I know. But, you know, like it, 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 all those things did bring, you know, all the decisions, whatever, still led me here. And again, like I said, I have, no, I realized I really don't have a plan. And I hope that doesn't, and i be honest, I hope it doesn't disappoint you. I take things as they come and figure out like, oh, this works now. Like, think about like think about my situation earlier, like earlier this year. Right. Earlier this year, and I'll just put this out there. I uh, one of the big the tele, big telecom company I work for decided, hey, Noble, January 29th, manager pulled me into his office and said, hey, we got to lay you off. Damn. And so we talk about fear, and we talk about my fears and insecurities. You saw me. Uh-huh. And a lot of other people saw me. I was holding it together. I, t- I think I talked to one other person we know in yeah. the circle of friends, whatever, maybe a couple. Uh, but I was trying to figure it out. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do, except other than just go out there and find more stuff. Because, again, you know, like I love uh, my activities are fun, but they're not going to feed me or give me the right. quality of life that I want, really, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I love doing all this stuff. If I could, if I could come by honestly and earn money doing it, great. But skateboarding, oh no, <laughs> no, that'll cost you money, man. Um, make you money, you know, like capoeira. I mean, like I could, I, I'm not on that path to become anybody's master and tr- you know start a school and train people and and even those guys don't make that. Many. Even those people, like, like from it's what a I've side seen, gig. it's a side gig. Even yeah. those guys. So, you know, like and music. Hey, I I don't you know like. I don't know how unless... You think Black Mercy is going to be the next big thing? It's fun to do. No way. Abrasive music will never be a big thing in the States. I don't think... It's abrasive music, and I'd I say, say I, I, that sounded really condescending when I said it. I like your band a lot. No, I think no, no, really no, 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 no. I didn't want you to think. No, that no, no, I didn't think that at all. Condescending. I, I'm a realist. Abrasive, and I'm, when I say this, I'm not even talking about just us. Abrasive music will never be big because even when bands that sound abrasive get big, they got to change the sound. They have to compromise so much stuff that they have to become damn near pop. So uh, I there's no way, and all I ever want to do is abrasive music. I never want to try to sing. You're I never, about auto tune. And I don't want to rap. I don't want to auto tune. 
I want to do what I want to do. So, I mean, would you, I mean, would you paint? Like, I remember once, I think we were sitting in a restaurant, and I was like, would you like your work to sit in here? And you're like, I don't want my work in a restaurant. <laughs> so. I, a friend of mine was, um, I was drawing, like, I really enjoy drawing bones. Right. I love drawing bones. And um, he was trying to get me to draw, um, to make something like real hipstery that I could sell on Etsy. And he was like, okay, like I drew a skull or something. And he's like, all right, like put a beanie on it and like a beard. And then you could sell it on Etsy to all the hipsters. And I was like, no. See, so, I mean, and it's not even, it's not even about, uh, you know, anything, you know, I just, I just know, even if I could, if, if I thought like selling black mercy records was going to, if, if it looked like it, definitely follow it if we didn't have to compromise anything, you know? Right. But, you know, I just don't see it happening. And the battery on this. Uh-oh, are we going to have to? Yeah, we're going to have to cut it, cut it short. All right. Because I got 4% battery. I need to save this episode. And no. it's hey. been fun. This is, this is, this has been good. But I've been, uh, overall, yeah, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. All right. Good. So. Until next time, I'm Noble. I'm Kristen. And this is Different World, Same Couch. See you later.